we can produce good things by standing on the shoulders of giants that come before us. And human beings, our genetic programming is thousands of years old. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Man Talks Podcast. My name is Roger Nairn. And I'm Connor Beaton. Before we get started, we wanted to thank our sponsor, Van City Buzz. Do you love Vancouver? Stay connected to your city with the latest in news, events, sports, music, and more with Van City Buzz. Check out vancitybuzz.com or search Van City Buzz on social media. So today's guest is UJ Ramdas. UJ Ramdas is passionate about bringing together practical psychology and business to create a better world. With a background in behavioral science, marketing, and hypnosis, he's consulted with several hundred clients, bringing them from confusion to clarity. He's currently based out in Toronto. He's a big fan of the wilderness, Eastern meditative practices, and a good cup of tea. Most importantly, though, he's the co-founder of the 5-Minute Journal and the brand-new Productivity Planner, which has raised over $165,000 on Kickstarter and is now shipping worldwide. We're so excited about today's conversation. Connor, is there a couple things we wanted to touch on? Yeah, I think one of the coolest things about this that you can expect is in and around the idea of not only how to be productive, but how to measure your productivity, and then the importance of journaling and you know what the real outcomes can be from just kind of keeping a very short, brief, and yeah. um, effective journal. So he kind of dives into that. He's got a background in uh, behavioral sciences, which is really freaking cool. So you can expect some some little golden nuggets in and around human behavior as well. Oh, absolutely. And here we go with UJ Rambus. Hey, UJ, welcome to the Mad Talks podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure. Happy to be here. As we do with all of our other guests, we like to kick off by asking them, can you tell us a story about a defining moment for you as a man? Absolutely. So mine was pretty pretty clear to me. I came to Canada alone when I was 17. And I remember the moment very clearly. I remember it very clearly because I was I was dreaming it for some time. And not dreaming in, in the building castles in the air kind of dreaming. Dreaming in terms of willing. And, you know, for context, my parents were very middle class, so to speak. And the currency differential from India is significant. So, you know, the only way I could come if, uh, is if I, you know, got money in some way or had a scholarship and also never been outside of foreign country in my life before. And so kind of willing that and, and, and having the circumstances ripen to make that happen and, and create you know, the next several years of my life, the way, you know, consistently willing it into reality is, is something I definitely consider you know, a profound moment in my life. I remember every time I get off a plane and get, get, get back here, I kiss the ground. You know, it's Pearson Airport, so it's not, it's not super clean, but hey, you know what? <laughs> you know what? It's, it's not about Canada for me. It's about the tangible realization that we can create. And every time I land back, it reminds me of the first moment I was aware that creation, right? Like we, we live in entire, our entire realities and we can, we can bend reality to suit our dimensions. Mm. And that's such a, that, that's such a terrific uh, segue into, you know, c- can you help the listeners with a little bit of context of sort of, you know, what you're currently doing right now and, and how you got into, into that? Sure. So essentially behavior and business is my gig. And what I mean by that is I have a a very deep passion for practical psychology, doing stuff that really makes people change. 
and giving people the tools to be able to do that. And I love business because business allows you to scale impact in, in a significant way. And in kind of right now, I run a company called Intelligent Change with a good friend of mine, Alex Icon. And, and we create products that we need in our own lives that are going to give us a significant edge. And we share that with the world. You know, we've created the Five Minute Journal, uh, which came out a few years ago. We've been really happy to, to move over 100,000 units of that in a relatively short period of time. We just launched the Productivity Planner late last year. You know, the, the purpose of, of those two things are two different things, right? So, so the Five Minute Journal, as I like to call it, is like the, as a toothbrush for your mind, right? So you do it as soon as you wake up in the morning, right before you go to bed, just like a toothbrush. If you don't do it for a day, you know, you're going to feel a little itchy and feel a little odd. But if you don't go without really tending to your mind for a week, a month, it's, it's going to lead to significant consequences. Uh, the human brain is wired to look for fear. It's wired for survival, not happiness. And if we are to wired for happiness instead, it's going to take time. The human brain is very plastic. But if you're not actually molding it, it's going to mold into a fear machine which it is, kind of genetically speaking. And the other product, the, the product that you planner, is more of a system to move through your day, right? A system to, to effectively get through the day and lay in bed. We've all had those days where you lie in bed and you're, you're done, you're exhausted, and you're like, what did I really do today? And you don't really have a satisfactory answer, at least in my mind. Right? Like, I worked all day, I'm exhausted, but what did I really do meaningful? And uh, it's, it's a very shitty feeling. It's a shitty feeling to feel like you've done your best and that's not been enough, whatever that means. Rather, kind of engineering that feeling from the get-go, you know, saying, you know, what needs to happen for me to feel that feeling at night and, and relying on, on tools that are over 100 years old to get us there because I feel like, you know, we're... We, we can produce good things by standing on the shoulders of giants that come before us. And human beings, our genetic programming is thousands of years old. So time-tested tools is the way we like to move forward. Nice. And so yeah. you, you have a bit of a background in behavioral sciences, correct? Correct. Yeah. So, so where did that sort of innate passion come from to you know, want to not only understand how and why people do the things that they do, but then to be able to create things that help them change and evolve and sort of optimize their behavioral patterns. I had that from a very young age. I used to read books on graphology or handwriting analysis, behavioral analysis through handwriting when I was 10, 11, 12, read books on hypnosis pretty early. And I was just naturally drawn to stuff like that. I just am surprised most people weren't because if we're dealing with, I guess, like a carbon-based machine, essentially, powered by some kind of consciousness, we want to be able to optimize that. And, and you know, no one I knew at the time was interested in optimizing that. It just blew my mind. So I've always taken a, taken a first principles approach. And what I mean by that is if you can't explain to me why a certain thing is happening, I don't have to agree or, or buy your beliefs. And so a lot of my beliefs were built very unconventionally. And yeah, so that's, that's the way I've, I've typically been. And, uh, you know, it was a pretty difficult child growing up because I didn't agree with a lot of stuff or didn't do a lot of things. But I feel like once, once you know, the, the beliefs that got to a certain place, things started to work out. 
Very cool, and, yeah. And if you didn't like what you heard, you just hypnotized the person. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, it's kind of interesting, though. Like, you make a really valid point is that, you know, human beings, if I, I'm going to use, I'm going to use a race car analogy. Um, I don't know. I don't know why it just sort of like popped up, but where's this going, Connor? I don't know. Uh, no, it's, it's kind of funny because like human beings, for the most part, like imagine that you're running a race, you're in Formula One or Indy 500 or whatever you want to say. And instead of studying the car and the mechanics of the car and how the car runs, you focus only on the racetrack, right? And you look at the racetrack and you focus on how to like build a better racetrack um, and you don't look at the car at all. And realistically, like, you know, human behavior, understanding how we work is basically understanding the mechanics of how the car works that you're driving. And I'm like the exact same mindset. Like I've never understood how people can go through and never be curious about their own internal workings or people around them and their inner workings because it's been a fascination for me as well for quite a long time maybe maybe it's just like people that want to look under the hood you know like they want to they want to understand a little bit deeper but there, there you go there's my race car analogy but so what are some of like the keys to to understanding like maybe just like a couple basic keys to understanding other human beings like Give us give us some fun facts for the listeners so that they can start to interact with people and understand not only themselves better, but the people that they're interacting with. Sure. I'll be happy to I'll actually even combine it with you know my passion for business because I feel like a business is a creative vehicle for the impact that you want to have in the world. That's or a cool at least way, you can. Cool way of putting it. Right? You really you can create whatever the hell you want to create in in the market will evaluate how it works. And if you understand humans and if you understand human needs, you know, you have a hot, hot, better chance of things moving. So I feel like marketing and business works best when you are able to understand people better than they can understand themselves. You can put words on things better than they can put words on their own thought processes and their own lives and their own inner workings. So self-awareness is, is key. And most people have heard about this, so I'll, I'll, I'll cover just this quickly. There's this concept of the conscious mind and the unconscious mind. The conscious mind, you know, Daniel Kahneman talks about it in Thinking Fast and Slow, a wonderful book I highly recommend anybody listening. He talks about System 1, System 2. Um, and basically, without complicating it, there's the conscious rational mind, which thinks it's in control, right? It's the part of us that uh, is listening to these words, is evaluating, is is figuring out whether this is applicable, whether this is not applicable, do I care about this, do I not care about this, this sorts out the stuff, right? Pays attention to a very sliver, like a tiny sliver of information uh, that's coming in through all our senses. So if I were to tell you right now, pay attention to, you know, the, the sensations on your left leg, right, or left sole, sole of your left feet, now your attention switches, but not before that. So that's the conscious mind. And the unconscious mind is the one that runs the show, right? It's the one that, you know, that's, that's the belief set. It's, it's the in, ingrained programming that you've already come with, genetic and otherwise, right? And that really runs the show. It runs a lot of what we think we deserve, who and how we love, who and how much we are worth financially and otherwise. Just a ton of really important things that, is, that, that are important to influence if we're interested in, in improving ourselves as, as humans. And this is the classic human flaw, right? The classic fundamental human flaw is knowing that it's good to do something or it's right to do something and then actually doing it. That thing, that human problem is 
something that I'm here to put a dent in, right? And we need lots of people to put a dent in that because I can't do it alone, right? That's a huge thing right there, right? Now, you know, in the last 50 years or so, we've, we've come a long way in terms of scientific research, in terms of what we know makes us better as human beings, right? And we can call it meditation, you know, journaling, exercise, eating healthy, practices that help us love better, love ourselves, love our partners, etc. So in my opinion, that's really like deconstructing that, zooming in on that, seeing why, what's going on here? Why are human beings having such a significant, serious problem bridging this gap? And solving that is, I think, the core of the human problem. So, so you talked about this this dent that you're that you're looking to put into this. You know, you've got a couple of products out right now that I think are doing an amazing job at that dent. Um, the first being the five minute journal, and and I've actually been using the five minute journal religiously for I guess well over a year now. And That's awesome. I first learned about it. I um I, I believe the first time I learned about it was when you were interviewed by Tim Ferriss on his podcast. And I know Tim is a big. I was not interviewed on, on the podcast yet. Was was he not talking? I'm looking forward to it. But... Maybe he, <laughs> maybe he was just talking about it. Uh, he must have yeah. just been talking because I know he's a big fan of the Five Minute Journal and and uh, uh, has been for quite a while. Um, so sorry about that. No worries. <laughs> we'll, we'll make that work. We'll try to get exactly. that to work. Maybe you're creating um, right now. But uh, but I uh, I've actually been using the the app daily. I'm hoping you can just kind of maybe give the the quick little elevator uh, pitch on what it is, and then what we'd like to do is kind of dig deeper into each of the steps because I think within each of those is, is its own little piece of uh, knowledge for the for the audience. Absolutely. So I'll start from the top up and, and get down to the details and start, start with the why and then and move to the how and, and, and the mechanics of it. So the why is that it kind of came from a personal pain point, which was there was, you look at TED Talks, there's tons of books on happiness, positive psychology, but you read them and you're happy for a little bit and it makes you think a little bit. It doesn't really move the needle, right? It doesn't really move the needle. Oh, it's nice. Oh, interesting. That's how the paradox of choice works. What do I do now? nothing, right? And it's wonderful. It's interesting. The point of a TED Talk isn't to change your behavior. The point of a TED Talk is to make you think. But unless our behavior changes, nothing actually happens. And the idea was to take about what we know in positive psychology and turn it into a simple, easy-to-do thing that people can do every day, right? So if we take everything we know, do an 80-20 analysis on that, and then we say, okay, let's put it in this beautiful thing a physical book, an app, what have you, that's going to help people actually reflect on their days and actually exercise the neurons in their minds to build habits of emotional resilience. And I think, one of the, I think one of the best things it does is it gets you to acknowledge. And, and I think that's something that we're, we're so lacking these days is just the fact that we acknowledge the, you know, uh, what's going on in our lives. And, and I know that that also is a big part of the productivity planner is just acknowledging what happened during your day and all those. Things. Exactly. Right. It's, it's easy to move through a day and, and crash at the end of it because you're tired. But the highest value activity we can do as humans is think. That's why we're here. Opposable thumbs, you know, the, the beautiful patch of, you know, extra brain that we have, the cortex and our ability to, to use language and or social cues in a profound way. That's why we dominate the planet. And thinking time is very valuable time, even if it's a few minutes of it a day. It can help you evaluate, restructure, and recalibrate. So 
in brief, there are five questions. I'll mention three in the morning and the two at night, but I'll go deep into the, the, the process of how what really makes it work. Gratitude has been shown in research as one of the most easy, most effective things you can do to become happier. Not just right, thinking gratitude, but feeling gratitude, and I'll explain in a second what I mean by that. What will I do to make today great? That question, you know, how can I set up today for success for me? is a simple question you can ask yourself as soon as you wake up in the morning, which is going to have disproportional results for you, right? If you just decide that you're going to have a good day or a great day and reverse engineer what that means for you, you know, instead of thinking and creating two months or five months or six years from now, create today, right? Let's start small. Let's start, you know, let's start simple. And if you can do that, the end of the day, you look at your journal and you see, did I do it, right? Did I actually follow through on what I said I would follow through on? And there's built-in accountability there, which is nice. The third question is an affirmation. So who do you want to show up as today? Who do you want to be? You can decide that as soon as you wake up, which is kind of a nice thing. And the two questions before you go to bed is, what are three amazing things that happened today? Right? What are three amazing things? And that, has, that makes you think. That improves your memory. It improves your positive recall. So we, we know now through research, every time you think of a memory, you influence it, right? You influence it with the emotion that you're experiencing right now. So if you've seen the movie Inside Out, it's actually very psychologically precise. They consulted some really smart people in the, in the field to create all of it. So every time you touch or think of a memory, you change how it's encoded in a certain sense. And uh, last question is, how could I have made today even better? So what, what will I do? to create a better day if I were to go through it again. That's it. Those are five questions. And the fundamental thing that, that pulls it together, so here's a, a quick tip that uh, I'd like to share with people who've been doing the Fabian Journal for a while. So it's got two components, right? So system one and system two, conscious, unconscious. So there's mental resilience and emotional resilience. There's mental gratitude and there's emotional gratitude. Let me explain. So Roger, so since you've been doing the Fabian Journal for a while, let me ask you, what, in your journal today, what did you write? What were you grateful for? Uh, I was grateful for, uh, I was invited out to a, an event last night where I got a chance to meet uh, the, the, the great basketball player, Charles Barkley. That's great. Which is okay. awesome. Um, I also have some sort of interesting stuff that I don't necessarily want to bring up on the podcast That's as, fair. as far as my, as far as my, my career goes. <laughs> That's right. So let, um, let's focus on, on the Charles Barkley totally. situation, right? So, so you said that really quickly. That's great. If you were to feel that emotion in your body, where, do you, where would you feel that emotion? Uh, in my head, your head, like literally in your head, and your, you feel sensations in your head. Exactly. What does it feel like? Yeah, uh, it's it like warm. Is it tingly? Uh, warm, warm. Yeah. So that feeling that you have is your body's expression of what that gratitude feels like. That's your body encoding gratitude inside, and that's what you're looking for. When you're when you're writing gratitude, when you're writing the rest of the, those those entries in your journal. That's the feeling you're looking for because that's when you know that the, the feeling is hard-coded in you. If you're thinking it, it's still going to be good because it's still good for mental resilience. It helps your mind get to it faster, right? but the emotion takes a few seconds longer. And is there a way to, to train that, tra- train yourself in Absolutely. that way or is it just, a, is it just acknowledging and, and, and noticing where those feelings are? Well, acknowledging, noticing is training. Mm. Yep. It is training because you'll find over a period of time, you'll actually get way better at it. 
Uh, you'll get faster at it. You'll get more creative with it, and it won't take as long. Just like any other training, it just you know once the neurons start firing over time, there's just neuronal superhighway, so to speak. Yeah. So if we were if we were to look at this from like a a business standpoint and and look at the ROI of journaling, like the return on investment for journaling, what what would you what would you say what would you say to people? Because I know it's like I know what they are, and I think we've we've all experienced it. But I think for you know, maybe a lot of the guys out there, they're maybe a little bit avoidant. I know for the first little while, I was like, I don't want to journal. Like, what, totally. the, what the hell am sure. I write about? And like, my sister journals and like, you know, all that, all that kind of crap that comes along with it. And Diaries so, and- yeah, so I, I'm wondering if you can just give Great. like a, like a little, like, this is the ROI of, of journaling and this is why you should do it. Absolutely. So I am a little bit of an outlier when it comes to journaling. And, and what I mean by that, I have about three to four going on at any given time, but every journal has a purpose. In every journal, there is an end goal and somewhat structure to everything. So if I'm a journal, literally, dude, like it's the simplest thing you can do to be happier every day. Like you don't trust me, look at the fucking research, right? It's, it's all there and there's tons of really cool people that are already doing it. That swear by it. Not only now, that, that, but not only that, but you can, you know, you can, you can write it in a physical book, uh, exactly, or you can use the app. The reason yeah. I use the app is because I don't always get a chance, or I don't always make time for myself to do it. You know, first thing in the morning. So I'll I'll do it when I have a, a, a spare five minutes, yeah. and it's it's just right in front of me. It's on my phone. Exactly, and my whole thing is like all these things stack up, and on top of that. You know, maybe it's not going to work for a specific person, but if you don't try it for five days, what's the point? If you're not willing to try something, it's going to take five minutes a day for five days. Then you know that that they're not our market, right? Like they they don't want to grow. They they're they're not even willing to test something that they think can improve their lives. Not our market, right? But the ROI on that is is, is huge. Like you look at a lot of really smart people throughout history. You know, Da Vinci. Benjamin Franklin, Buckminster Fuller, like these guys were avid journalers. They thinking like the process of thinking is putting thoughts on paper. You can't think in real, you can't correct thinking in real time because you can't touch it, you can't feel it, you can't see it. Right. So the only way you're going to improve your cognitive processes is you actually write it down. Right. And the final journal is a very like a bold, simple way of doing that. Yeah, it's a, it's a. I mean, it, it is a very um, simple way, and I think. You know, the results, you know, like about five, about four or five years ago, I started actually writing every single morning and the, the result was, I think not only, not only an elevated level of focus throughout the day, but an elevated level of being present to each and every single moment. Because all of a sudden I was like looking for, you know, is this, is this one of those moments today? Like, is this like my, you know, something to be really, really grateful for today? Is this like the memory that I want to capture for today? And when you start looking for those moments, you start looking for those pieces of the puzzle during your day, it, it just compounds, right? Mm -hmm. So it just like builds and builds and builds. And then all of a sudden you've built this habitual nature of looking for what's working right in your life instead of you know, looking for what's not working, right, which most of us have a propensity to actually fall into. Um, so for me, that was definitely the ROI. Now, I've kept that going for years now, which has been exceptional. That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So, so we, you know, we've touched on the five-minute journal. You know, before we go, we'd also love to touch on the productivity planner. So I'm wondering if you can give that elevator pitch as well. 
Sure. So, so basically, I'll I'll talk about the story that kind of inspired us, and and in a certain sense, explains typically what the Prati Planner is about. So, in the 1920s, there was a steel dude, steel guy, massive steel plant called Charles Schwab, and he was pretty unhappy. He was unhappy about how much productivity he was getting in his own life. He was unhappy with his people's productivity and. You know, as some entrepreneurs are aware, when they have multiple employees, they're all unhappy. It's not a good situation. Not only are people unhappy, but you're losing money. That's not good. And so he had a pain point and, and that a lot of us can relate to, which is not feeling productive, not feeling it's like your people are productive. And so he sent out a memo because that's what you did back then. When you had a problem, you sent out a memo to, to people saying, hey. No, you dictated it to your secretary who then sent out right. the memo. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Saying, "Hey, this is this is my problem, and if you can solve it, you know there's there's money there for you." And uh, so Ivy Lee, who is uh, arguably the father of modern public relations, let's say competition with Edward Bernays, Ivy Lee shows up and he says, "I can solve your problem." And Charles said, "You know, show me what you got." Ivy, Ivy Lee says, "It's going to cost you." Charles said, "How much?" Ivy said, "Give me a moment. Let me explain to you what it is first, and I'll tell you how much it costs." And he says, "I want you to take out a pen and paper." And write down the five things you want to do tomorrow. So he writes it down. And uh, says, I want you to order it from priority of one to five. I want you to really think about this. Think, think for several minutes. What's the most important? What's the second most important? And order that for me. Take as much time as you want. Don't rush this. And he does it. And he said, starting tomorrow, I want you to put this in your pocket. I want you to look at it every 15 minutes. I want you to... Keep it in a place you're going to see it at least once every 15 minutes. And I want you to start working at the very top. So the number one, whatever your number one thing is. And the most important tip I can give you is do not go to task number two before you finish task number one. Do not go to task number two before you task number one. Don't go to task number three before number two and so on. If you only complete two tasks, that's fine. If you only complete three tasks... That's fine. If you complete no tasks, that's fine because you're working on the most important thing and that's what matters. So try this for a week. If you like it, have your people do it for another couple of weeks. At the end of three weeks, send me a check for what you think this is worth, All right, which is a great kind of pricing uh, strategy in its own right. In three weeks, Charles Schwab sends him a check for 25000 US dollars at the time which adjusted for inflation is, is a bit over 350,000 US dollars right now, which is, if for the Canadians listening, it's over $500,000 Canadian right now. Um, that was three weeks, right? And he also included a note saying it's one of the most valuable business lessons he'd ever learned in his life. And so that story got passed on from generation to generation, from business owner to business owner. And I looked at it and, and it started to implement some of it and I realized who's doing this? Right? Like who's got a system for this? Nobody has a system for this right now. <laughs> it's really it blows my mind. So we, we took a few other things. We took things like the Pomodoros that we know are are single tasking time blocks, right? Turn on a timer, twenty five minutes you do one thing, turn off all distractions because Charles Schwab didn't have Twitter and Facebook and, and Instagram and shit, right? He didn't have any of this stuff. He didn't have a lot of the distractions that we do. So we need Pomodoros. We need something to actually arrest our attention and focus it in a certain direction. So 
And we also use something called a productivity score. So at the end of the day, not only do you track how much time you spent on the activities, because that's the most important thing, it's the end of the day, you give yourself, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how productive was I today? What happened? Right? And using that as a recursive function to really evaluate what is productivity to you? What does a 10 on a productivity scale even mean? And, And really getting clear on that early before you even set yourself for failure is such a valuable thing. Because a lot of the time, as men, we have this need to achieve, which is great. It's wonderful. But a lot of the time, we we bite off more than we can chew on a daily fucking basis. Mm. Right? We expect to, to c- complete about 1.5 or 2 times what we can actually complete, which is completely unnecessary. Right? If anything, it hurts our productivity more than it helps us. And then you feel so this, guilty if you don't accomplish it. Exactly. Yeah. And that guilt compounds over time. And guilt unresolved turns into shame. It's all this shit. So might as well get that handled early. And you actually you actually feel unproductive, which is exactly. a complete lie because you're probably more productive than you've ever been. Exactly. So so doing that, like just throwing more awareness into it, just injecting more awareness into your daily task flow is going to help you. Hmm. So the so the productivity planner started out as a as a Kickstarter project, mm-hmm. um, but you're now delivering books, which must be amazing, awesome. Yeah. So where where can people find those books? Intelligentchange.com is, is basically the website where that leads to all of the other products. Perfect. And will there also be uh, an app? We're looking into it. Yes, Very we're cool. looking into it. We feel like that's something that's going to be add, adding value. Um, oh, amazing. So yeah. So before we go, we always like to ask our guests, is there anything else that you're uh, excited about that you would like people to know about? What's, what's coming up on the horizon that you can share? Uh, just, we'd love to, we'd love to hear more. My God, guys, like the, this is one of the greatest times in history to, to be alive. It's phenomenal. The pure level of, of creativity that, that, that as human beings, like next 20, 30 years, we're going to see some really amazing things. There's going to be a ton of disruption. It's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful time. In our lifetime, we're going to have artificial intelligence. We're going to have human-level machine intelligence. In our lifetime, we'll, we'll see belief systems that are several hundred thousand, no, sorry, several thousand years old just get deleted, right? In our lifetime, we'll see the advent of, of renewable energy sources. So there's just so much <laughs> that I'm excited about. There's so much to do. There's so many and, – and, you know, there's – we're at a point where technology is advancing at a rate where that gap, that human gap I talked about earlier, is proving to be a real problem. And that's all opportunity. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a lot to be thankful and excited for. <laughs> yeah, those, are, those, are some, those are some big things. The, yeah. the you know, artificial intelligence and whatnot uh, is – is a huge conversation. We're actually interviewing um, Tim Urban, who's the author yes, of, uh, of wait, wait, but why? Yeah, wait, but why? Yeah, um, yeah he writes some great articles. Yeah, we we have him coming up on the podcast in a couple of weeks, but um, that's got to be a two-hour podcast, guys. I know, yeah, I know. yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try and hold on to him for as long as possible. Yeah, totally. Um, but you know, I I thank thank you for your time because there's some great things in there, and you know, I think one of the biggest things around the productivity planner, you know, for me that I see the see the value. Is that so many people want to be productive, but don't, they don't have a a measuring stick to measure their own personal productivity, um, which is a huge challenge. Because then, how do you know 
whether or not you're actually being successful. And, and B, I think a lot of people really struggle to know what they should be doing or what would be the most impactful. And I love that you guys have packaged it up in a really, really simplistic w- manner that allows people to, you know, measure their success and also have a very clear outline of what what that looks like and how to achieve it. So absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Before we before we let you go, what is the legacy that you want to leave in the world? With all of this in mind, what's what's the legacy you want to leave? Well I think I kind of mentioned that earlier. It's uh is making as big of a dent in that in that gap as possible. And also die empty. Right. You know, there's there's a great quote by Da Vinci that says a, a, a well spent day brings happy sleep, just like a well spent life brings happy death. And I feel like if you if you are doing what you were brought you're here on earth to do, then dying empty is is, is a beautiful thing. That's fantastic. Um, and and whatever that that leaves, you know, that is the legacy you were meant to leave. Well, thanks so much for uh, leading the charge on on putting that dent uh, in the world. Yeah. My pleasure. And you're, you're, uh, you guys do the same. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, thanks again for being on the podcast. And thanks to all our listeners for listening to the podcast. If they want to uh, listen to more podcasts, read some of the blogs, or, or watch any of our videos about our events, or come to our events, they can go to mantalks.com for more information. Of course, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes so that it downloads automatically. Connor, you want to leave us with one last thing? Just uh, just a quick reminder that we have the big event with Lewis Howes and Ryan Holmes coming up on April 9th. Uh, tickets are available on mantox.com or on Eventbrite. And just by showing up, you'll get Lewis Howes' uh, New York Times bestselling book. And there'll be a book signing after with him as well. Yeah, it's going to be a great event. Thanks so much for listening to the Man Talks podcast. Catch us next week for another inspiring conversation with an inspiring man. <laughs>